The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by Yazoo Brewing Company, a Nashville original since 2003. Welcome in to the Paul Kaharski Podcast. Happy to have you back. I just went through a delightful experience, a happy accident where I went to get my drink to come into my home office. It's in my paulkuharski.com, beautiful orca cooler cup that keeps things frozen to a ridiculous degree. The ice still in there from this morning, very icy. Um, And I went to take a sip of my water and lo and behold, instead of water, it was Arnold Palmer still left from earlier today where I poured the Arnold Palmer that Jonathan Hutton bought me yesterday into my cup. I'm going to sip it now. It's delicious. It's delicious. All right, let's get about our business here. I've got a few things on my mind, and uh, I'm about to try to put them on your mind. Um, First off, Marcus Mariota today was asked, not today, yesterday, this week, was asked if after a loss he goes out of his way to encourage guys during the week, and he said this, I think it starts with me. If you come in here with your head down, feeling sorry for yourself, that kind of sets the mood for the day for everybody around you. Just being able to, again, be grateful, come out here, have some fun on the field, and just move on. Now, I am not going to suggest that Marcus Mariota or any Tennessee Titan needs to violate the 24-hour rule and come into St. Thomas Sportsplex, whatever they call it. I call it Titans Headquarters. The one time I tried to call it St. Thomas, then I came up with Sportsplex, and I don't know that's what it's called. Um, I'm not going to say they should come in there and and uh, feel the loss beyond the one day or feel the win. But this kind of uh, don't hang your head and be grateful is a great human quality. I don't know that it's a great football quality. And we're well beyond the idea that Marcus Mariota's personality is going to be anything other than it is. But there need to be guys in the locker room who come in pissed off that this team continues to come back into work after losses to teams like Jacksonville and Buffalo teams that they are better than teams that they should beat that this team two years into the Mike Vrabel regime is still doing the thing it was doing in the malarkey regime. And even sometimes in the Wizen hunt regime and in the, uh, in the Munchak regime and in the Fisher regime where they could not sustain any kind of consistent effort and came back with these inexplicable losses. And I don't know that returning to the facility grateful for the opportunity with great body language is helping solve the problem. I need some level of anger. I need this pissed off for greatness that Ray Lewis had. I I don't know. We can beat up the, the Marcus approach forever again we know he's not going to change his way are there enough guys in this room 
Are there enough guys in that Titans locker room who have the mentality to figure it out, to offset it, and to change it? And it seems like, once again, the answer is no. Now, they've got a lot of winnable games coming up on this schedule. I I know that you as fans are experiencing this constant up and down, that you're back down in the dumps after the Buffalo loss. But come on, let's look at the schedule. At Denver is an absolutely winnable game. All right. Chargers, I'm not going to tell you it's a winnable game. They suck against the Chargers. And, and the Chargers are a pretty good team, despite the fact that they just lost badly to Denver. Tampa Bay, an absolutely beatable team. I'm not saying Tampa Bay isn't going to come here and think the Titans are an absolutely beatable team. That's going to be the case with all of these teams. But look, Denver's a beatable team. Tampa Bay is a beatable team. Carolina is a beatable team. Kansas City, that's a tough one. There's a bye week. Jacksonville is a beatable team. For the first time in a long time, I'm going to tell you Indianapolis in a rematch is a beatable team. I don't know that they'll beat them, but it's a beatable team, especially if you look back at the first matchup. Oakland is playing well right now, but is a beatable team. Houston, they've got two games with Houston. That's at least a splittable series. New Orleans, I don't know. Um, but right there, I ticked off seven games that I think are winnable seven plus the two they have you're back in the nine and seven range. If they take care of their business, that's not where you want to be, but it's not the, the sky is falling from, from, you know, this two and three start. I, I want, I, I want some more carried over anger into this week, not in a way that disrupts their operation, not in a way that prevents them from functioning. None of that. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. Is the, is the answer I want on a Wednesday. I'm grateful and I'm holding my head up high. No. Is that who Marcus Mariota is? Absolutely. Topic two, Mike Vrabel on the screen game. Now, I mentioned Jeff Fisher for a long time, and he was here for a long time. The Titans were not a screen team. There were two big reasons they weren't a screen team. One is that Eddie George is not a screen type of a running back. He's not a great receiving back. And Jeff Fisher basically said, to be a screen team, you have to work your ass off at being a screen team. And not in so many words, but he said, like, we choose to spend our resources and our time elsewhere because you really have to spend a ton of time to perfect the screen game. And if you're doing that, you're not doing something else. And so we don't have uh, a key piece or two in terms of that. And that's not what we want to do. This team attempts some screens. It had great success with the 75-yard screen for Derrick Henry, and it shows you why that play can be so valuable. Um, and, and so that's why it's worth doing, right? Uh, we haven't seen much success with wide receiver screens. Uh, they haven't done that many. There was one attempt to Corey Davis against Buffalo that didn't pan out. Um, Henry's dropped a couple. Deion Lewis has dropped a couple. Um, 
but there really is a lot of intricate work that goes into all of the people and moving parts that go into a screen. And um, for all the criticism that you guys level at Mike Vrabel for how he conducts himself in press conferences lately, by the way, a criticism that I'm asking you not to waste your time and energy on, let me, let those of us whose questions are getting answered, let us have the problems with Vrabel. If we don't have a problem with him, then don't feel compelled to have a problem on our behalf. But I got what I thought was a very thorough, complete, comprehensive, and in-depth answer to a question I asked about the state of the screen game from Mike Vrabel, and here it is. What's the state of our screen game? Uh, inconsistent. Um, you know, and I've studied, and I've tried to study these, and I don't want to go into like some dissertation on, on the screen game in the National Football League, but at the end of the day, it's a lot about timing, motion, misdirection, um, and, and players understanding spaces. You know, you don't know, you can't script a screen. Like, how is the guy going to rush? Is the guy going to retrace um, after a lineman leaves him? You know, the back has to have great instincts to be able to navigate through whatever pass rush is there. Um, the linemen have to get out in a timely fashion in front of them, not get down the field. Um, understand is it man or zone is the is the man cover player hugging you know let's say the running back um, is it a zone coverage where I have to go get a, a secondary player in space is it cloud coverage where I have to go now and I gotta go all, I mean I'm watching Tyler no I mean again he, he's supposed to block the corner on a screen he comes out and he doesn't realize that it's cloud so he's running up to like a half field safety and you know the corner triggers being a jerk that I am and not a dad I act like a coach and I'm like like you're gonna block the corner or the running back's gonna get killed but then again it's the same thing there's a lot of variables that go into getting big dudes out and and blocking guys in space and huggers um and then you run a wide receiver screen you're asking a lineman to run 10 12 yards out there to get a nickel that's triggering sometimes on that guy and you don't want to block him in the back you don't want to get a blindside block so we, we have to have that improvement. Um, and, and if you looked at the numbers, we've hit some big ones. You know, but then there's been some other ones that have been you know, duds that we have to improve on. And so that's a pretty thorough description from an NFL head coach about everything that goes into one element of the game. It sounds exhausting, quite frankly. Now, it's their job to get all that done, but I could kind of see why Fisher was reluctant to do that. Now, if you're going to get a couple of those plays that Henry got, and they don't have to be a 75-yard touchdown, but a, a, you know, a, a field-changing, field-flipping play, um, it's worth it. But like Variable said there, uh, you know, there have been plenty of duds to offset that. Uh, I'm really anxious to see this team run more of those with more success. Uh, Denver defends the screen pretty well, is my understanding. So maybe this isn't the week to see them, but I'm going to be looking at them a different way, considering everything that Vrabel was talking about there. Here's a good point to tell you that uh, this podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Yazoo Brew. 
Uh, it's the best beer around in Nashville and for as far away from Nashville as you can get it. I'm partial to the Hefeweizen. People are going to tell you it's a seasonal beer. I don't buy it year-round for me, but they've got something for everybody. Uh, you should be drinking it. If you're at a bar, you should be ordering it. If you're shopping for your fridge, you should be buying it. If you're grabbing beer to take to your friend's house to watch the game, you should be grabbing a couple six-packs and taking them over there. Yazoo Brew, a Nashville original. And here's a good time, too, for a sales pitch. These podcasts sometimes have guests. And guess what? When they do, got to be a member to hear the whole thing. I have Periscope and Facebook Live sessions, two a week generally. Once in a while, there's a big public one. But if you want to get into the good private ones, got to be a member. If you want to read most of my work, you've got to be a member. If you want to read Blake Bettingfield, who was a scout for the Titans for 19 years, who was director of college scouting for six years. He writes a preview and a review of every game. You've got to be a member. If you want to be on the private Facebook page where we have conversations amongst ourselves in a great community, you've got to be a member. It's only the price of a cup of coffee or a fancy cocktail. Please join us. We go onward now. Dean Pease. Um, Listen, this defense has done phenomenal work, and if it was based strictly on what the defense had done this year, the Titans could well be 5-0. and oh. But that doesn't mean he is not with some disappointment this year. The Titans have given up some chunk plays, and they've not been the red zone force they were last year. Now, they've not had as many possessions to defend in the red zone, 13, but on those 13 possessions in the red zone, they've given up nine touchdowns, 69.2% tied for 29th in the league. Here's Dean Pease on those two elements of the defense. Number one, we just can't give up the one big play a game that we seem to be giving up. Uh, you know, we'll play well, play well, play well, and we give up last week, we give up a reverse. One week we gave up, you know. It's not so much the desperation at the end that bothers me sometimes because you know, I may make we may make a call that you know we're trying to make a play at the end, and sometimes it's feast or famine. You know, when you're trying to really get somebody stopped at the end, but we've given up a you know a run in the Colts game. We gave up the reverse last week. We gave up you know just a, a run in the uh, Jacksonville game. It just we just got to eliminate that big play a game that that we've given up. And then the other thing is we just got to play better in the red zone. We've been really good in the red zone last year. We were really good down there. Um, and just kind of disappointed of where we are right now in the red zone. We, we just got to get them, get them, hold them to field goals down there. Always nice to hear directly from the defensive coordinator. This is the first time I'm weaving in some audio from the week. I hope you're enjoying that. I would appreciate your feedback on that. Here's uh, one big thing that's on my mind really about this team at this time. When you look back, particularly at what they've done so far, I, I think that the Indianapolis loss is tolerable. I mean, you hate that in a home game where they were honoring Eddie George and Steve McNair and where they had the ball in their hands at the end and where Mariota has tended to be able to do some good work, that they mismanaged the clock, that they butchered the scenario and all of that. 
where finally they got the Colts without Andrew Luck, who owned them, that they lost. But you could make the case. I mean, the Colts are still pretty good. We didn't know exactly how pretty good they still were because that was just their second game without luck after the bombshell of the preseason where, where he retired. And the Jaguars may turn out to be all right with Gardner Minshew, but the Titans have more overall talent than the Jaguars, despite the fact that the Jaguars have some pretty good things going on the defense. And the Titans have more overall talent than the Buffalo Bills, who have some good players. And, you know, they're not some terrible team, but the Titans are at least slightly better than the Bills in the talent department. And the Titans are better than the Denver Broncos in the talent department. The uh, Broncos got off the snide last week with the upset of the Chargers. They got their first win for Vic Fangio. I think it was the 500th win in the in the history of the franchise. So they got some some uh, milestones out of the way. It's a tough place to play in the altitude and all of that, and that's been a conversation topic um, for much of the week. Titans roster is better than Denver's roster. Let's get the coaching out of the way. Coach, you know, tie them in coaching. All right. Play the solid defense you've been playing. Get enough out of the offense. For the love of man, get a three touchdown game. Score 22 points in this game. And, and you, you know, these numbers I've been throwing at you say that they'll win. And maybe you won't even need that many. But you can't come back to Nashville from Colorado with losses to the Jaguars, the Bills, and the and the Broncos. You can't. You know, and you got some NFC games coming up here, and the Titans do well against the NFC. Here's an AFC game. You've already lost to the Jags, the Bills, and the Colts. You need a, an AFC win. You need this game. You're better than they are. You can't find a way to lose it. We're going to finish up here. I don't know what you're thinking of these stats. I've got this new stat service that provides some really good things. And let's see here. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six good stats and six bad stats. Now, I was thinking I'd give you six bad stats in a row to make you sad and then six good stats in a row to make you happy. But now... I think maybe I'll bounce back and forth and we'll go bad and then good, bad and then good. Except it kind of disjoints some of the bad stats that are linked to each other. But listen, I'm the boss. You're going to take them like I give them to you. So here we go. You ready? Bad stat number one. The Tennessee Titans have gone three and out 29.8% of the time. Be quiet, computer. That is the second highest rate of three and outs in the league. That was bad stat number one. Good stat number one. Tennessee Titans average drive start is the 29.9 yard line. The fourth best in the league. It's a nice field position stat there. That's significant. Now we get into some of the sack stats. You, you love these. Tennessee Titans have been sacked 
15.5% of the time, the second highest rate in the league. That's a bad, bad stat. Here's a good stat number two. On first down, the Tennessee Titans have averaged 17 yards per completion. Let's hear that again. On first down, the Tennessee Titans have averaged 17 yards per completion. Best in the NFL. It's pretty terrific. Bad stat. I think one of these bad stats is messed up here, so I might have one less bad stat for you than I thought. Bad stat. Marcus Mariota is uh, completing passes at a 46.2% clip in the red zone. 46.2% in the red zone. Third lowest in the NFL. That is not good if you needed me to fill that out for you. <clears throat> good stat. Marcus Mariota has a passer rating of 140 in the middle of the field, the third best in the NFL. He's completing 84% of his passes in the middle of the field, second best in the NFL. The Broncos are allowing 63.6% .6 of passes to be completed in the middle of the field. Bad stat. Adam Humphreys' average depth of reception or of target. I think it's target. Forgive me. I don't know. Either way, it's terrible. 5.9 yards tied for the lowest of 67 qualified receivers. Let's see if I have it here. Average depth of target. Devontae Parker's first in the NFL, 20.3. Demarcus Robertson. Robinson, second, 17.1. Chris Conley, 16.9. DK Metcalf, 16.5. Mike Evans, 15.9. Bottom five, Tyler Boyd, 6.9. Hunter Renfro, 6.0. D.D. Westbrook, 5.9. Jamison Crowder, 5.9. Adam Humphreys, also 5.9. Tied for the lowest, 5.9 average depth of target. Good stat. Derek Henry has 10-plus yards on 10 of his 65 first-down carries. That's a terrific stat. Derrick Henry has 10-plus yards on 10 of his 65 first-down carries. Terrific. Not terrific. I might have used this already. Let's see. I think not. Marcus Mariota has been pressured on 23.8 of his dropbacks, second highest in the league. And very exciting stat here, the likes of which I don't think we've ever heard. Tennessee Titans wide receivers. Tennessee Titans wide receivers are, have 5.7 yards after catch average. The third best in the league after Cleveland, known for their wide receivers, and Kansas City, known for its passing offense. How about that? Titans wide receivers, 5.7 yards after the catch. That is largely thanks to A.J. Brown, uh, who's just been terrific in that department. Yards after the catch has been fantastic. 
uh, and I could not be more impressed by that number. He's been just terrific. I'm looking for this one bad stat that would round things out here. I've got one more good stat, but I got to find this bad stat. So there it is. Bad stat. Last bad stat. Titans have been sacked 22 times. Most in the NFL. Most. Uh, Marcus Mariota there. That's the most amongst NFL quarterbacks. Number two, rookie Kyler Murray of Arizona, 21. Number three, Andy Dalton, number uh, 20 sacks. Number four, Jameis Winston, 18, tied for fourth to Sean Watson, playing behind what we thought would be one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Turns out Titans challenging for that. Marcus Mariota, 22 sacks. I wrote this week about his durability, a piece that I will ho I hope uh, if you haven't read, you will go and read. I think he's doing very impressive work. So we end with the sixth and final Titans positive stat. The Titans' defense has allowed a first down on just 2.8% of the plays where they have created pressure, the second best in the league. New England is the only team that is better. Miami is the worst team in the league. Miami has allowed a first down on 28.6% of the plays where it's gotten pressure. That's the Titans defense has allowed a first down on just 2.8% of the plays where it has found pressure on the quarterback. I hope you enjoyed that. That's a dozen key stats. You're not going to find most of them in a lot of places. I gave you six good, six bad, which is a little off. Maybe I should do the percentages based on the win-loss record. So if the Titans beat Denver, it should be 50-50. But right now I should have done uh two-fifths positive and three-fifths negative um enough i don't feel as good about this game as i felt about the atlanta game um i i feel i sure as hell feel like the titans should win this game um and if they don't monday on the midday 180 on 104.5 the zone from 10 to 2 central time you will be calling in in a panic and uh, it won't be unwarranted. Drink Yazoo Brew. Sign up for a membership at paulkuharski.com. I appreciate you listening and uh, all your support out there. And I hope you have a great football weekend ahead of you. Thanks so much. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.